Chaplin. <laughs> Welcome to the market. Hi. Go ahead and park it. Hope that you are starving. Debbie Roots Deep got me thinking it's a parsnip. Every week I get knowledge to go. A year before everyone, how did they know? Figuring how they go college to pros. I pop it on listen and now I'm the pro. I'm still trying to grow. And they do the same. Hundreds of teams, too many to name. And yet they are filtering everything. Only the best, Shane Hallaman Kane. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Market Marketplace, marketplace, Debbie is everything marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Hey! Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Debbie Marketplace Podcast. Kane Chaninelli back with you again. Today we are going to be talking about 2025 wide receivers. We're going to be finishing our 2025 series. But before that, we've had a lot of fun uh, doing nonsense drafts. We're bringing back the nonsense in the offseason. So we have another nonsense draft. The guys don't know what the topic is. It just came to me uh, while I was taking a pee. Uh, so here you go, guys. Uh, we're going to be drafting biggest pet peeves. <laughs> uh, that's that's so a... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to do research. Yeah. McNally needs to do research, so that's, that's, that's what happens. <laughs> Uh, and also, big thanks to the fans out there for realizing that uh, my team was the best. It is important to get pizza, pasta, and fried chicken as top three picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great time. You know what? Uh, we need more curry fans out there. That's what I guess. say. Like, curry's good. <laughs> I like curry. Yeah. But if you had to either have curry or pizza for the rest of your life, which one are you going to Well, take? sure, I pick pizza. Curry, curry was, you know, was, a fourth round, was a fourth round pick, you know? You're so pretentious. It's so overrated. <laughs> Shane and I, I actually over pizza. Yeah, easily. Shane and I actually pitched in to buy a bunch of votes for you because we could tell that your morale was down since no one was voting for you in the previous week. Wow, wow, man, Nelly, Nelly goes savage with these. Uh, well, I'm gonna win this one too. Uh, do you want me to go first, Shane? Because I have one pet peeve that if I don't get. I, I yeah like i have no i i'm gonna have to come up because I, I feel like they ha, they don't have to be our pet peeves per se no just but okay. i'm i'm drafting from the straight heart on this one because there's not a single thing well there's probably other things that make me upset but this specific scenario gets me so angry All right, i guess i guess you could take the 101 uh, again <laughs> Unless you want it, feel free. Right. If either of you guys want it, that's fine. That's this fine. guy springs the draft on us and has a locked and loaded 101 before we have a chance to think. Go I'll ahead, Kane. You, I'll let you go. <laughs> no, go for it. Go for it. You have the pick. Uh, you make it. Talking during a movie. To me, talking, like when you're at the movie theater, talking at the movie theater makes me almost more upset than just about anything else in my life. It's A, it's extremely inconsiderate. And B, like, you got two hours, baby. You just got to go two hours with you shutting the frick up, and they can't do it. 
You know, I just. Fair. That's someone, I just went to the movies fair. on Saturday and someone was doing this. <laughs> I saw the Dungeons and Dragons movie was very good. In case anyone wants to watch it. Um, but there's just someone talking and like, I just can't, can't do it. I've never experienced someone talking at a movie theater. Really? How many yeah. movie the- how many movies have you ever gone to? That, that, oh man, it, it, all the digits. time now, all the time now. Shame. Like, uh, I feel like past couple how, of years. It is how bad. terrible is it when someone's just talking during the movie? Like, yeah, I don't even go to the movies that much, but like, uh, probably the past like four years, I feel like, like I can't focus to. on anything else. Like I hyper fixate <laughs> on them talking at that point, and I know it's me, and I know I'm a crazy person, uh, but that's that's a top pick for me. You want the one or two? Or you want the one or three? I'll take the turn. All right, uh, I'm gonna go with the one or two. I'm gonna take slow drivers with the one or two. I think when people are driving too slow and you're like, you're going like 10 miles under the speed limit. You're in the left lane of the freaking highway. Like what, what, what is wrong with you? Uh, and I feel like, I feel like a lot of these are going to take from my wife too. Cause I try, I try to stay even keeled, but she, she can't handle it. Uh, so I think slow I think a lot of people can attest to that. Oh no, that one makes me outrageously upset. I'm actually going to go driving too. I'm going to go not using your turn signal. I think that is that pees me more than a slow driver because a slow driver is frustrating, but like it's not sudden. Like people not using their turn signal is like it's both sudden, dangerous, and very, very peeving. Yeah, you're right. Um, I'm going to go chalk here. Um, <laughs> As if there's chalk to this draft. Like, chewing with your mouth open. Yeah, that's a good one. That one irritates the frick out of me. I'm more just realizing I have a lot of problems. <laughs> this, this, is is a to- this is a test of tolerance right here. I don't have it. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty chalk. I, it's, it's just when you can hear like almost like their lips like smacking or whatever. Oh, that's, yeah. that's when, when you can hear back. their teeth coming together and chewing it's yeah. like what are you chewing yeah they're really enjoying their food there yeah. just do a little bit quieter like, I, I i think i do that and i i can't like stop it like you i think i chew with my mouth open I've, eat, I, I've, I've eaten with you 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 yeah. have a couple times yeah and this is one of my big pet peeves you're fine <laughs> i'll tell you my brother does this and he does it to piss me off oh really oh that's yeah, that's yeah, bad yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I feel like this don't one. Take it, don't take it. Don't take I'm, it. No, I, I'm going with my heart here. I'm going with my heart here. Like I, I feel like maybe I can get this later, but it, it does piss me off so much that I have to take it. And it's when a meeting that could have been an email. That is oh. the absolute worst thing of my life. That's that's funny. I mean, that's I mean, it's just it's just sitting there. And you have to like deal with it. And you're like, this this is like minutes, hours, that I can't get back in my life. Um, this is another easy one for me. Uh, someone talks on 
speakerphone, but without headphones. Oh, that's a good. So now you get to hear both sides of the conversation and you hate both. (laughs) Speakerphone in public. Yeah. Yeah. Holding the phone. Yeah. It's, it's tough. And you know, they're at least over 40. Like, because no one under 40 is going to do that. Um, Shane's was good. Um, the meeting that could have been an email. This is also meeting related for me. Um, also in class. This happened when I was in college a lot. Right? The teacher will say, if no one has questions, we can get out early. And then someone asks a question. And it's like, you could have let everyone go and you could have just asked them. Like, we yeah. could have walked out, you could have went up to the front of the room, and you could have just said, hey, professor, just a quick cue. But no, now we got to sit here. And the, you know that that explanation, because if they're asking one question, you know there's a follow-up. Oh, it's it's not going. just a one question, like, right out the gates. That, oh. Literally, my first teaching job, my mentor teacher, the first thing he told me, he said, in the staff meeting, when they ask for questions, you don't have any. Just ask me later. <laughs> That's some of the best <laughs> advice. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, don't do it. I've said it in class when they're like, no questions. And then, like, I have a question. I said, no, you don't. <laughs> no, no, you don't. No, they you said, don't. no, I do. And I said, yeah, and you can certainly ask it when we all leave. Well, it might help everybody. It's not going to help me. That one's going to play real well with our college listener demographic. Yeah, yeah, that that, that is fair. Shane, oh. you're next. So I have like two that are both occur in the same space. I don't know which one to pick. <laughs> they occur at the same time in the same space. Uh, I'm going to go with standing up when the airplane lands. There's no point to standing up when the airplane lands. Let me get. I'm just not getting off any faster. Next one was clapping. Next one's clapping. Like, like, what what are you? What are you doing? (laughs) What what are you doing? I'm not gonna take it. But like, and and look, my wife like stand up when the airplane lands. I'm just sitting there like we're waiting here for another ten minutes. It does nothing. Yeah. The only time I've done is when I'm like, like got to run to a gate for a connecting flight that, that, that you don't have to do that sit down let the people that need to do it and props to the to the um people on the airline right when they say like we're, we are running a little bit late we know people on here have connecting flights if you have connecting flights go first yeah big props to them on that big props to them and then 75 percent of the plane doesn't give a shit and yep yeah yeah because anyway Um, yeah, that's a good pick. That's pretty chalk. Um, I don't know how to phrase this, but, uh, when you're in like a quieter situation and people that you're with are talking like loud and are not, they don't recognize that like everyone can hear what they're saying. And it's just like a lack of understanding that this is a quiet, like a quiet situation. I don't know how to phrase that, but that it, that that drives my anxiety to an all-time high like it's like it makes me feel so subconscious and i can just tell that the person does not feel the same way yeah that one gets me yeah um 
I will. This is similar to Shane's first pick. I don't like slow walkers. I'm a fast walker. I like to get where I'm going as like, uh, like as quick as I can. Not as quick as I can, but I walk at a brisk pace. If I'm walking on the sidewalk, someone has earbuds in in front of me. Can't really tell that I'm coming up behind them, and there's not enough room for me to walk around. Having to slow down. Not only is it annoying, but it's kind of awkward when they realize that there's someone walking close behind them. I don't know. I don't know how close is too close to walk. Um, so that, that certainly peeves me. So do you also like in school, right? When we used to be in school, you'd have like the four people that all walk in a row slowly. And you're like, okay. That's <laughs> just... Then you go around it, you you go through them. They're like, "That was rude." I'm like, like, what? Dude, as a teacher, it's great when I stand in the hallway because I I'll make eye contact with that person that's like trying to get around and be like, <laughs> I kind of give them like, "I feel your pain." Like, I, I get it. Uh, four hundred two. I'm gonna take bad tippers or not tipping. Oh, good one. I think Ooh, it is the, the absolute like. I, I, I might be the biggest uh, shade of character that you can have, just not tipping in an obvious tipping situation, like a restaurant. Like I, I hate it. I hate it. it. It makes me so upset. No matter no matter what, like I'll give twenty percent. No matter what, you can spit in my face. I give you twenty percent. You know, I'll give you more if uh, if if it's good and they're nice. Like I can't, I can't handle it. That's a good one. Oh, there's so many. So I want to take. Um, this is just going to make me seem a little bad. Um, but you also have to remember, I went to school to be an English teacher and spent time in the classroom. Um, bad grammar. You're yours and yours. <laughs> You're there, there, theirs. I... The one that gets me the most is when someone says, I seen. I seen blank. Did you? I, I, I know that makes me sound like I'm on a high horse. But like that one, it like cuts to my core. Uh, you guys have comments on that one it's just me that feels that i i mean i i do feel that like the there 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 i'm like uh, you're so uh, like, I, I don't know it, it is i feel like i'm gloating but I'm like that's dumb like just get the right <laughs> way yeah <laughs> so i'm with you i yeah i think there's a better version well i think it's worse if it's over if it's conversational rather than via like written yeah like, I can understand that, like, you know, you put, you might have hit an extra key or something, right? And, like, it auto-corrects just whatever word is closest. I can understand that. It doesn't keep grammar into play. I get that. Um, but, yeah, speaking, because you hear it more. Like, you can, it feel, it it sounds wrong. Um. Last, last round here. Fifth round. Oh. 
I just want to take old people as like an entire category. <laughs> oh, that's awful. I mean, you can do it. Like, you can do it. I, I think no. many people might agree with you. So. Oh, it's terrible. Um, but it's this is just an old person thing. Um, and I'm just going to call it a lack of boundaries. Right. right. Whether that's a lack of like physical boundaries where they have to be like in your physical space or thinking that anything that they should know the answer to every single question that you that they ask you. You're like, right. Like yeah, both of those. It, it. I don't need to tell you why I'm doing something. I, I can just do it. It's like I think you should have just taken old people. I think you should have just taken old people. (laughs) (laughs) She gave me one more round. (laughs) Uh, But it's definitely lack of boundaries. I think it's just irritating. You don't don't touch people that don't want to be touched. Don't ask people random questions just because you're curious about the answer. Yeah. No, no. I mean, it's good, especially now like just lay off yeah all right 502 i'm going back to the email well and i'm taking reply all emails that's a good one the absolute the (laughs) absolute just i like and i like what it's like just funny stuff like that is definitely supposed to be private and you replied all and i'm like that's what you get that's what you get for applying all yeah it's something bad yeah (laughs) that wasn't for all years yeah, oh, no. Principal Jackson, such a dick. Why did you bring this up? That's something you should have just texted, mate. Yeah. You shouldn't even have uh, had that as an email. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, when people just like reply all to a 500 person email with like, thanks. <laughs> like, what, what, are, what are you doing? What is. Uh, I, I got one from the whole company that just said, appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Why do we all need to know this? <laughs> right. Why? And then you get then the email you get afterwards saying, "Hey, don't reply all." <laughs> which is even the, worse. Right? Replying to the, all to the masses cuz then someone says you don't need to reply all and it's never a person in charge, right? It's like Becky in accounting. That's <laughs> yeah, like, just like, I'm tired of this email. He's like reply all. Stop <laughs> replying all. You just did the same thing, Becky. Like you just you just made it worse. Thanks. Oh, that's it's the worst. It is the worst. Yeah, I've never experienced a reply all email. I've never seen it happen and oh, I've man. never seen it in the wilderness. Oh. Um You're young as babes. Alright, Mr. Yeah, there you go. Uh Mr. Relevant. This is like a borderline peeve, just borderline like absolute like just awful personality trait. People who are shitty to like customer service to retail workers to like food service workers like there is like no greater smudge on someone's character than that if i see you doing that in public i will judge you i will like your my view of you will be forever tainted Yeah, it's like getting mad at them because the kitchen's slow and it's like they're not cooking the food okay and like There's one thing for like standing up for yourself and like it like if you have like a request or something that's that's 
that's fine. It's when you're being rude. Like I think that's when it like that's when it takes it to another level. Yeah. As soon as you ask for the manager, you've basically lost it. In most circumstances. Yeah. Oh. All right, I just I just sent Nelly a reply all email. <laughs> oh no. Who else got oh oh you forwarded one that you got? No 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 I replied all to the message. <laughs> so. um, Kane was on it as well. So, so you all get the reply reply all email. No, it's good. Uh let's go let's, we'll hit these drafts. Kane picked uh talking during a movie, a speakerphone in public. Asking a question at the end of a meeting or class, bad grammar and lack of boundaries. Shane's team is slow drivers, meetings that could have been an email, standing up when the airplane lands, not tipping, reply all emails. Nellie's was not using turn signal, chewing with mouth open, talking loud in quiet situations, slow walkers, and being mean to service workers. Hopefully I described this well. But... That was good. I think yeah. there's a clear top two here. And you're going to say it's not mine. Yeah. I don't like yours, Kane. Of course you don't. It's mine. <laughs> this is good. This the is good. Movie is a good one one though. That's a good one one It It ruins two, two and a half hours. Like, <laughs> I just. It means your movie theater is not loud enough. <laughs> it, people are loud. People are loud. Yeah. Then they talk louder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the one that I didn't bring up, but I would have loved to draft is people that sneeze without covering their mouth or open yeah. mouth cough. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. It's like, what are we doing? I yeah. I almost took being late because I am always way oh, too know. early, but I feel like it'd be a divide on who would be with me on that one. <laughs> Yeah, Kane and I show up for the nine o'clock Eastern <laughs> second podcast at eight fifty nine. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm just coming in. It's, it's like eight forty. I'm like telling my wife, I'm like, look, I gotta go. We gotta do this podcast. And I, <laughs> I started a new FIFA game at eight forty today. <laughs> <laughs> I started another chapter in my book <laughs> at seven forty five. I was like, all right, all right, fifteen minutes to go. I was like, I can hopefully get through this one. Oh man! All right, should we talk wide receivers? Yeah, let's let's let's, let's do it. All right, 2025 wide receivers. Let's just uh, jump right in. I think, I don't know. I don't know what the easiest way is to kind of classify some of these people together. I think there's a tier of three at the top. That's fair. I'll accept that. Um, kind of have, you know, Evan Stewart out of Texas A&M, Luther Burden, wide receiver out of Missouri, and Barry and Brown, wide receiver out of Kentucky. That kind of top three right now. Yeah. That's who I was thinking. Shane, let's just jump right in. Um, I think, obviously, Barry and Brown, much different wide receivers than kind of these other two, especially him um, compared to the, the three. Um, how do you kind of look at these guys on film and, and kind of um, even can go into the bigger conversation, right, of um, which traits are you looking for now in a wide receiver that, 
that kind of project the best into the NFL, right? Because that's the whole essence of Devi, the projection to the NFL. Well, I think it's interesting because I think all three are very different prospects. You know, I think Barry and Brown from Kentucky has that speed and athleticism. He's already a top return man in college football after only his true freshman season. I mean, that's pretty impressive. That gives you a nice floor. I think Barry and Brown's probably the safest, uh, even of these three, uh, just because of that skill set. But at the same time, I think, uh, you know, the question will be, okay, you have a guy that's 170 pounds. You know, we're seeing the draft move more towards that with Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison. So if Barry and Brown can really show, continue to show, show the talent uh, now that Will Levis is gone, I think he can be a top 50 pick. I think Evan Stewart is the most complete player. Also not, you know, super big or tall, but in terms of, you know, route running, the the kind of little things, the arm extension, the hands, uh, I think the way that he he really runs his routes all very similarly. And that Texas A&M offense, I think as bad as it is sometimes, can translate to the NFL I think Luther Burns kind of the big, bigger question mark. Like he's, he's the height, weight, athleticism player that I, I, quite frankly, I don't think was, you know, super impressive to me. I mean, six foot, I think he's probably going to bulk up a little bit to be over 200 pounds. Um, And you can, you know, you see the flash of athletic talent, but I think the little things he didn't, necessarily do well maybe it's the missouri offense isn't as good as these other two offenses but he had opportunities we saw dorian singer break out in this offense uh i, I think burden could and maybe maybe next year as a second year player he will but he's probably the one i have a bigger question mark in terms of draft range he could be a top 10 pick he could be a six round pick i think that's the range for him nelly analytically kind of looking at these guys um, have they started to check boxes or, or is one or maybe two of them kind of lagging behind in that regard? Yeah, um, Luther Burton's lagging behind. The other two had very strong uh, freshman seasons. Barry and Brown had 1.8 yards per team pass attempt. Evan Stewart had 1.66 yards per team pass attempt. Luther Burton was just under one. Um, so that's a pretty substantial difference. That being said, Luther Burden was the consensus number one recruit. I think people in the Debbie space really like him. As Shane mentioned, he's kind of he has this perceived upside because of his potential skill set that people see in him. Um, I would say he kind of reminds me of Rakeem Jarrett, just as a top recruit going to um, a weaker Power Five school. Um, and I could see that sort of trajectory moving forward where just the expectations never quite meet the production. Uh, Luther Burton this past year had, he was a distant second in receiving yards on that team um, behind um, the guy who transferred to Georgia. Why can't I remember his name? We talked about Dominic him. Love it. Dominic yeah, Lovett. Dominic I, I used Lovett. Dorian Singer before, but Dominic Lovett was the yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Sure, he's a he's a freshman. Love it was only a sophomore. It's a very weird offense. He he catches a lot of balls behind the line of scrimmage. Um, he has a decent amount of rushing production as well. I think he had three rushing touchdowns this past year. Um, so the upsides there. I prefer the other two. I, I love Evan Stewart. I think he's a clear one for me in this class. I think him with Connor Wegman. I've talked about it before on the podcast. I think those two combined really have have the makings to become pretty dominant in college football 
Yeah, I'm with you. I think Evan Stewart is is the best out of these three. Just the most com- complete football player. Um, I think it's it's real shot at upside to still have Luther Burden over Barry and Brown. But I think you can make the case, right, that, that Barry and Brown might have a more difficult time fitting in the current NFL. We've seen guys that have that similar skill set to Barry and Brown uh, not succeed the easiest um, in the NFL, especially when it comes to scoring fantasy points. Um, so that gives me a, a bit of pause. But if we get into these next two guys, we have uh, Tet McMillan, wide receiver out of Arizona, and Antonio Williams, the wide receiver, wide receiver out of Clemson. Um, Shane, how do you kind of approach these two? Um, are we seeing similarities? Are they clearly a tier below these first three? Kind of how do you view these guys? I, I don't think they're necessarily a tier below. I think they're close. I think especially Antonio Williams. Uh, he's he's kind of the youngest of the group that we'll talk about and flashed a bit as a freshman. And really, I think it's a big projection, but we see Clemson's offense. It's going to change in a major way next season. Bring in TCU's offensive coordinator. I think we're going to see a lot more offensive, college football-friendly passing happening for the Clemson Tigers. And Antonio Williams, by all accounts, should be the number one receiver on this team. So I, I, I really think we could see him blow up. I, I think Ted McMillan is talented. I, I think Arizona is a tough, still a tough spot. They, they have some good receivers there. And like the potential for a good offense that seems to kind of falter. Um, and, you know, he was a high recruit. All, 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 all these guys were. So I'm, I'm still kind of holding back a little bit on, on putting Ted McMillan there, but the talent is there. I almost feel like talent wise, I don't think Ted McMillan's that far off from, from Luther Burden per se. Nelly, let's look at the numbers here. Um, how do we have these guys kind of checking boxes? Um, how do you, how do you feel about these two? Yeah, both pretty solid freshman seasons, both better than Luther Burden, just in terms of yards per team pass attempt. I'll tell you what, Ted McMillan put up over a yard and a half at Arizona alongside Jacob Cowing, alongside Dorian Singer, who's now the perceived number one wide receiver at USC. As a true freshman coming in and doing that, that's super impressive. I mean, I think that's something that um, has had him shoot up my rankings because he wasn't someone I was high on before. Um, because I do have those worries about being at Arizona, but that offense was pretty good. Their defense was terrible, so it helps their offense be on the field more. Jaden Delora is a pretty pretty darn good college quarterback. Um, I think he's someone who we could see have over two and a half yards for team pass attempt this year and, and continue to shoot up. I mean, going from freshman to sophomore season, that increase in targets, a lot of Dorian Singer's targets were downfield. He's Lots of go routes from him. That's something that Ted McMillan can take over easily. But he also has shown a little bit of of yak ability as well. So he's someone I'm excited about. Um, Antonio Williams is kind of the flip side of the coin. He's at Clemson in a talented wide receiver room and emerged as a freshman, which is a great sign. Um, that being said, he's a it, he seems destined to be slot only. He he was pretty much exclusively slot only as a freshman seems like that's just going to be his role going forward. They have outside wide receivers at Clemson. I, I would be shocked if they utilized him outside. So that's the sort of thing that, at least perception-wise, limits ceiling for the draft, perception-wise. Uh, and, and 
uh, even fantasy wise in the future, um, more so because of that draft perception. But he's someone who it's hard to see as high of a ceiling for as these other guys, which for me, that's what keeps him out of that top tier. Let's move on here. We're going to try to go just to one team here because in this next kind of whether it's a tier or multiple tiers, there's quite a few Alabama guys, right, um, that, that we want to take have take a huge step forward. Uh, whether that's Isaiah Bond, whether that's Kobe Prentice, Shaz Preston, Emmanuel Henderson. Uh, Shane, we'll just give all four to you. Like, who's the one that you want, or is there two that you prefer to have over over the others? I mean, I, I think Isaiah Bond is probably a step in front for me. Uh, I, I just feel like he was able to flash a bit as you know a slot guy that could play a little bit outside. He was he's getting bigger. Um, I, I thought he looked like the most talented to be able to step into that slot role at Alabama in year two. Maybe have a starting role. I, I don't know if any of the others will. I think Kobe Prentice has that ability. Flashed it. A little bit, um, you know, but might still be behind Jermaine Burton and some of the other Alabama receivers there. So it, it's it's kind of a log jam. And I don't think any of these Alabama receivers, I would say like, oh, man, Isaiah Bonds is like great talent that's just waiting to break out. Like, I don't know if any of these players are super talented or that we've seen that yet. And that was a problem for the Alabama receiving core in general. They didn't have that top receiver like they used to. Um but I'd probably place my bets on Bond to be the best NFL guy of the group. Nelly, do you feel the same, or you would you rather take a shot on on someone else? Um, yeah, I, I, Bond and Prentice would be my next two guys in Debbie rankings. Um, well, in a tier with a couple other guys, I like Bond a little bit more. He didn't produce quite as much as as uh, Kobe Prentice, I don't think. Um, he dealt with some injuries and didn't get on the field quite as early as Kobe Prentice did. But the difference between the two, because they're a similar side, but Bond is a little bit more athletic. He has the ability to play outside. He did that a, a little bit in his freshman season, whereas, whereas Prentice was slot only. Um, I think he's the one who could take a bigger step. I think that is more uh, attainable for him. I think if we're talking Alabama wide receivers, I think Malik Benson, the incoming Juco wide receiver, um, top Juco recruit, I, he would technically be 2024 eligible. I would be surprised if he were to declare after a year. I think he's worth a shout here, um, especially since we didn't talk about him with the 2024 wide receivers. He's a guy who who has a lot of upside, and that Alabama receiving room is up for the taking. We're talking about these guys not because they proved it, but because Alabama wide receivers are good investments as a whole. No, I agree with you. I think Bond and Marshall, or excuse me, Bond and Prentice are kind of the two I'm I'm not taking any shots on Chaz Preston and Emmanuel Henderson. Even in C2C, I'm not going to take any shots on either of those. Um, let's go to the SEC for a pair of receivers. Um, second Kentucky receiver we're going to talk about, Dane Key, and then Chris Marshall, uh, who's now at Ole Miss. Um, Shane, talk about those two, kind of where you have them and, and kind of what you need to see from them to take that big step forward here to potentially get in a higher tier. Very different players. I, I'm, I'm a big Dane Key fan. Um, I, I think he has the size, the length, the physicality to really make it in the NFL. It wouldn't, would not surprise me if after the season we're talking about Barry and Brown, Dane Key, 
dynamic duo at Kentucky. Like these are guys that are both going to be top 50, maybe even similar to the Tennessee duo this year and Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman. I think it'd be a similar situation where Dinky's going to do a lot of the tough, rough, uh, physical work and Barry Brown's going to use that speed. I think he's underrated right now in Debbie. Uh, I think if you have a deeper Debbie draft, he's the name to throw that dart at late there. Chris Marshall's interesting because he, he, you know, he was kind of a five-star recruit going to Texas A&M uh, along with Evan Stewart. I think most people felt like Evan Stewart was the better talent uh, and rightfully so. I think he kind of proved that out, but Marshall has that, kind of size to him now going to Mississippi, I think is an interesting landing spot. We know they're going to run with Quinchon Judkins a lot, but they're they're trying to build that passing game back to what it used to be. Jonathan Mingo's gone there. So I think maybe we see Marshall start. If he's a starter for in the SEC and does well, like that, that's, you know, that's a win right up the draft board. So uh, I think he's intriguing. I'm not quite as high on him, but it probably should be a little bit higher. Uh, same two guys to you, Nelly. How do you feel? Yeah, I love Chris Marshall. Um, he's kind of the guy in this class who has like that like big alpha wide receiver upside. Like 6'3", 205. Uh, if I remember correctly, I recruit, reading his recruiting profile, he only started playing football like his junior year of high school. Uh, or some crazy like that, where he was super late to start playing the sport, but was the third uh, the third five star in the class, and he got actually he got into the field pretty early on at A and M. Um, got suspended for for smoking weed, which like I don't think that makes him a worse football player. It just now puts him on a better situation, which is the other big selling point at Mississippi. I love that situation. I think since Spencer Sanders is going to win that job, I think they're going to be a better passing offense this year. They're pretty good offense as is, uh, and and they're losing some some um, some targets with with Johnson with Johnson. Oh boy, Jonathan Mingo heading out the door. Um, I think he's someone who could like explode this year, right? Like if, if things happen correctly, if he sort of, if he takes that next step development wise, if they utilize him, he has that physical upside, the athletic upside that, that I think is kind of lacking with most of the guys we've talked about. And and then Dane I mean, another guy who had a really good freshman season, Uh, he was just a lower recruit. He's like a, a, uh, uh, like a speed guy, deep ball threat. Um, I kind of expect Barry Brown to overtake him, but I think he is, is um, I don't think that is necessarily a bad thing. I think he's someone who we're going to be talking about for years still. Gotcha. If you had to set your sights on one other player that we haven't named, Dane, um, who's kind of someone that, that we need to keep an eye out for? I got two names that I like, and I feel like I feel like Nelly might take one of them, so I, I won't I won't t- touch that one. Uh, I really like Matthew Golden out of Houston. I think he is going to step into an offense there at Houston that produces. You know, Tank Dell is going to get drafted here. Uh, Golden was kind of the red zone threat. Uh, I think a lot of people keyed in that hey, this is an opportunity for him as a four star receiver to go to Houston and get a chance to perform. And, you know, he, he did. He had seven touchdowns over 500 yards receiving, uh, you know, good length, did, did a little bit of kickoff returns. Like, he's a versatile player who can play on the outside as an X receiver. 
that's intriguing to me, even in a system, you know, in Houston that people kind of discount. I think Matthew Golden's the name to keep an eye on. Nelly, how about you? Yeah, I'm probably going with the guy that Shane was referencing. Squirrel White, wide receiver at Tennessee. Um, a little bit on the smaller side. He's 5'10", 160, so he's very light, but he's electric. Um, he, he came on late in the year last year in the bowl game. He put up over 100 yards in a touchdown. He had a couple other good games before that. Keep in mind, he was playing behind two day two wide receivers in Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman this year. Um that offense is going to be prolific. They're going to continue to be successful. It's such a strong system. Joe Milton can throw the ball out of the stadium. Um, and Score White is going to be the main beneficiary. Um, another guy he put up, he had, he had almost 500 yards as a freshman behind those wide receivers I talked about. I think he's someone who we're going to see like pretty easily eclipse 1,000 yards receiving this year if he stays healthy. Uh, my guy here, a little bit different. He just transferred to Louisville. That's Kevin Coleman, right? So if we have Kevin Coleman playing wide receiver 100% of the time, um, in case people don't know, Louisville just got a new coach. Head coach this offseason uh, was Jeff Brom. He was the coach of Purdue. Uh, is now going back to Louisville, his alma mater. Um, like... Louisville is going to have a really good offense, a really good offense. They're going to have the exact same offense that Purdue did. Uh, that was putting up ridiculous stats with not good players. Like one wide receiver gets peppered with targets. That's how it works. If Kevin Coleman's that guy, like he's going to just shoot up boards because he's crazy athletic, uh, super explosive. Obviously, he was he went to Jackson State last year when Dion was there. Um, so he was kind of the number one athlete. People moved him down the list um, when he went to Jackson State. He's just a really good player. I'll take him. That's a good shout. Yeah. Um, Shane, you want to uh, teach us something before we, we do some buys and sells? That I can. We're, we're going to go back to World War II here. I don't know if any of you have heard of Operation Mincemeat. Ever heard of that? I've heard the phrase. There's some show on Netflix called that now, isn't there? Yeah, there was. I think there was a film about it in, in 2021. But uh, so the British Army found this like random dead guy's body who I think he had poisoned himself. Um, so they got this this plan approved, Operation Mincemeat, where they dressed up his dead body as a major in the Royal Marines, they gave him like an engagement ring and pictures and all this stuff. And then they put these kind of secret documents on the dead body. Um, they drove out their submarine to off the coast of Spain, who was neutral in World War II, but was kind of helping the Nazis. And they tossed his dead body into, you know, into the ocean, see if he would wash up, see if this would work. If not, no big deal. Um, Spanish authorities found him, found the documents handed them over to Nazi German officers in Spain. And the Germans read the documents, said the Allies are attacking. Uh, they're going to attack Italy in Sardinia. So they moved all their troops to Sardinia. And right after that, the Allies invaded Sicily and uh, crushed, absolutely dominated in Italy, thanks to this operation. Just like, let's throw a dead guy into the water and see what happens. And uh, it worked. Operation Mincemeat was a success. I love that. 
The old misdirection. <laughs> There's so much that World War II. I'm like, this, this is awesome. I love it. Yeah, that's good. Uh, let's move into our buys and sells here. Um, anyone feel like going first? I, I can take it if you want. Um, yeah. My buys on the NFL side, I'm going to buy DJ Moore. I think there's still some people that are very down on you know the Bears offense. I really think the Bears offense is going to blow up. So I, I just traded in a one-quarterback league, uh, Terry McLaurin in the 401 for DJ Moore in the 503. I don't really care about the picks. Uh, it, I'll take the upside of DJ Moore over the known, good known uh, of Terry McLaurin. My my sell as we're getting into you know close to the draft. My sell and unknown kind of line up with each other. Like I think the tier two running backs in this draft class. So kind of everyone after the top three, I would say. Um, after Bijan, after Jameer Gibbs, after Zach Charbonnet seems to be there now too. I'd probably look to sell most of them if people are high on them. You know, if you can trade Tank Bigsby for De- Devin a Chain Plus or, you know, Tajay Spears, you could trade him um, for Chase Brown Plus. Like, I- I'm not sure we know exactly where these running backs are going to go. I think anything from late second to early fourth is kind of the same draft capital wise for running backs. It might be more situation dependent. Um, so I think I'd look to sell that. If you see the Twitter hype, like tank Bigsby right now is getting the Twitter hype. Uh, see, see if you could sell them for a similar player plus, or, you know, whatever. And, and so I kind of leave my unknown, like guys like Devin, a chain who I like, I think is a top four running back in the class. You know, I don't know what the value is or what it will be. I think he's a player that I want, but also isn't going to gain value till he shows it on the field. So I'll have a lot of Devin Chain in my rookie drafts, but in some of my Debbie leagues where I have him, I don't know if I want to float him out there maybe for a trade and see what see what happens. Nelly, how about you? Yeah, uh, all right. Uh, I'm buying Jordan Hudson, wide receiver at TCU. Uh, another guy in this class tonight, the 2025 wide receiver class, um, had a pretty solid freshman season. Most of his production was in garbage time, but he there was a lot of that at TCU, so he had a pretty solid freshman year. They're losing Quentin Johnston. They're losing Darius Davis. They also lose their offensive coordinator, so there's some given, there's some take, but I think he is the leading candidate to be um, the breakout wide receiver there this year. I think he's the most talented guy there. So if the stars align, I think I think he's someone who could become very Debbie relevant. He already is a little bit, um, but I think at this point he's probably a good buy based on his value. Uh, I'm selling Adam Randall, wide receiver at Clemson. He was a guy who a lot of people had super high hopes for, expectations were coming in towards ACL, and came back in like record time and played like six months after he tore his ACL for Clemson last year. Problem is when he played, he didn't really do much. He didn't look very good. He looked kind of big, over oversized for a wide receiver. Didn't look like he moved very well. Again, came back very quickly off of a torn ACL. So that's not good uh, necessarily to for to I don't know to project based solely off of that. He had he had clean up on the, on that knee again uh, this offseason. so that then becomes an injury concern. There's a bunch of talented wide receivers at Clemson. Uh, Bo Collins is still there. We talked about Antonio Williams earlier. If he doesn't have a big year this year, his Debbie stock crashes, and I, I 
think that's hard to foresee happening. Um, my unknown is wide receiver Jeremy Bernard. Uh, he was at Michigan State this past year. He flashed. He had a couple really good games, but that offense just was not good to good enough to sustain three wide receivers. And uh, so what he did is he transferred. He transferred to Washington, uh, opposite of Michigan State. Prolific passing offense. They have Jalen McMillan. Um, they have uh, Roma Donze. So that wide receiver room is very crowded already, which is why he's an unknown. Um, but uh, apparently he's looked good in spring practices so far. I think he's someone who takes over going forward. Like we, I think he's probably the leading candidate to be the number one in the future. Um, very, very uh, low value in Debbie leagues right now. He's worth a flyer super late. Um, so I, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to give you two buys, a sell, and an unknown stock because I couldn't decide between my two buys here. Um, I'm going to buy TJ Hawkinson. I think when you're looking at kind of the, the list of tight ends, I think Hawkinson's going to be one of the cheaper guys on the list that's actually going to give you really, really solid production and kind of almost top-tier production. Uh, my other buy is Mac Jones. Uh, he actually has an OC now instead of whatever he was doing last year. I have to think better things are coming. Uh, my sell is J.K. Dobbins. I I just don't want to deal with it. Like, I like J.K. Dobbins when he was a rookie. Uh, I hated that he got hurt. Um, I'm glad he showed a few flashes last year, but um, still rough. Um, I, I don't know what that offense is going to be, especially if we don't have Lamar Jackson. I think it gets really, really bad. Um, and my unknown, um, we talked about this on the other podcast, but it's Pat Fryermuth. Um, if, if the Steelers draft a wide receiver, like everyone thinks they're going to, what is left for Fryermuth in all reality for fantasy points? Um, so that, that's kind of tough. I, I don't quite know what, what he's going to do for fantasy football. Um, he was inconsistent last year and didn't really have many like top, top games. Also doesn't, didn't score a ton of touchdowns. Um, that kind of seems to be the only way that tight ends get spike weeks unless you're like really good at football. Um, so I just don't know how Pat Fryermuth is going to fit into that whole system. Anything else we need to bring up? No, I, th- I think it's good. Uh, go over to the draft countdown if you want to look at draft stuff. Uh, make sure to join the Discord. It's completely free for the Debbie Marketplace. I would love to have you wherever you're listening to this podcast. Click on description. There's going to be a link there. Uh, Come in in the Discord. We'd love to chat with you. Um, And that's about all we got. Uh, But on behalf of the three of us, thank you so much for listening, and we appreciate every single one of you.